let's go all the way back to the beginning for you, if you wouldn't mind, and just kind of go through um, your your musical upbringing, your career, and where you're at now. All right. Um, it's probably very different than most. I am from a tiny town, actually near Peoria, where we are, about 40 minutes from here. And um, I grew up there the whole time. I played oboe there. I was involved in many other things. I was actually super into cheerleading, which actually kind of benefits me now. Uh, as a band director, <laughs> being active and dance moves and having a big voice. So I guess that has paid off a little bit. Um, then after that, I went to Illinois State University and I was there on the five-year plan like most of us. And I played oboe and English horn. I was in the marching band. I was there with Rachel and all mm-hmm. of our great friends there. Um, student taught up north um, at Lincolnway when it was one and not six or whatever it is now. I know it's three. Um And then after that, I started teaching in normal unit five schools for four years, which was a great experience. And it was very Texas style, believe it or not. Um, There was initially the one high school that we all taught at, normal community. And then there were two junior highs. I mostly taught at Parkside Junior High, but there was Chittix. I was there a little bit. And we were each also at four or five elementaries. Um, We all traveled around and we kind of focused on our area of expertise when we taught beginners or sixth graders, which was great. And then each of us was a lead teacher at one of them, meaning the conductor for that concert and would pick that music for full ensemble and different things. But we were all traveling teachers and then that's what we did. And then obviously the next year the school split, so it split us up a little bit high school wise, but we still kind of kept the same schedule. Um, with the elementary split and the junior high splits. But I learned a ton from all of those people, and I got some great experience teaching beginning band all the way through high school, um, which I think I have a different take on some of that now as opposed to just some people that have just taught high school strictly or just middle school or something. Um, I was kind of dying for my own thing. Um, And so I was actually trying to find a job up north, and no one would take me. But it's okay. I'm over it. I'm over it. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's okay. They're, it was they're gnashing their teeth. It's okay. And, it's yes. okay. I wanted to be all the all the way up with all of you. Um, great people, but um, didn't end up that way. And that's how life goes. And so I had um, an opportunity at Belleville West High School. And so I went down there and didn't know anybody. So that was a little daunting. But um, huge band program, huge numbers. They're super into jazz. But I had a concert band of my own. I was um, in charge of the marching band there, and I taught a ton of choir, which was new for me to do. But I had a lot of help in doing that, but they had a lot of choirs, and I did most of that during the day. It's one of those things as a band person, you're like, I'll never teach choir. Never say never, right? When people say that, (laughs) like, oh, my goodness. Um, But also backtracking, uh, before I went down there, and and Rachel was with, with me, we've kind of been living dual lives together on some of this, but we both like earned our masters. And that Uh was right before that we did the summers program and all of that. So uh, once I was down there, I had my masters. Um, I was at Belleville West for about three years and it was another opportunity for me to be a sole director, um, which I was kind of looking for, but it was at Centralia, which is a pretty small school. Um, Basically just straight. The home of the orphans. They right. are. Yes. Okay. I know when I, first, I know my mascots. Yes. No, that's great. When I first pulled up, I thought they were doing a musical, but they were yeah. not. <laughs> it was the mascots. Let's write it, though. Shh, cut that because we don't want anyone stealing our I'll, thunder. I we'll will write cut that show. That out. I'm not cutting that out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know. And, um, but um, in the past, I know they'd had a great band program and some different things. And. So I was there. I was there for a couple of years and I was the music person. I was the okay. choir person. I was the band person. 
Um, looking back, I think I wrote the drill. I wrote some of the color guard work. I, you know, and then my husband was there a little bit too. And so we kind of did most of like the music management there. And we were there for a couple years. And then after that, the Collinsville High School job opened. I think we were kind of wanting to get back to the Metro East area to be kind of closer to those resources. Um, and I knew a little bit more of that program. My husband was from that program and knew some people there. And so I landed that job. And what was interesting about that job, um, lo and behold, I was the first female band director ever in that district. And it was in a little that bit district. Of, yes. And it was a little bit of a thing for a few people. You will not say their names. And, and but, we're not talking 1970 here either. That's what's interesting no, about it. This was, yeah, 2003. Okay. Yeah. But it was like... For an some, issue for some people. A little bit. Okay. And they're like, well, I guess we'll work through it. And I'm like, I guess <gasps> we will. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, and, and we can obviously get to, you know, to that, but that's a little bit of what I've had to deal with. Okay. You know, being, you know, in this career, we've kind of had to fight through it just a little bit. But um, it was great. Um, I grew the marching band there and the concert band program and I did the jazz bands and we did more winter guard things. And it was, it was really great. And I really thought I would be there. I thought that's where I'm going to be. And, Everything was going really well, and the kids were playing great. Um, and then during that time, the O'Fallon Township High School job opened. There was a, some things that happened there, and so they lost a couple directors. Um, and I, I always saw over there that I, I knew there was great history in the past, that they have done like all these great things with their marching band like years, years past. So I kind of saw it as a little bit of a diamond in the rough that it's, you know, traditionally was like really strong and had great numbers and good energy. And I thought, I'm just going to look into it. It's just right over there and just kind of see what it is. And um, the interesting thing is I was up for the position and so was the assistant director that I was with. So that was really interesting. And he was um, really into drum corps and marching band and all of that. And I was too. I, I was, but I was also, I felt like more of the concert band side of things or maybe more comprehensive. So I thought if they want a comprehensive program, they'll think about hiring me. If they want just that marching band thing to be kicking, then they'll hire him. So I am grateful that they looked to me um, to go ahead and and do that. And I have been there now 11 years. And I think we've grown the program um, in membership and achievement and experience and different things. We've taken a different direction from where it was, but um, done a lot of great things there. Um, the community is very interesting, I guess, in different aspects because we are just a several miles from Scott Air Force Base. So that's a lot of people in and out at different times that they don't really know. They might know, they may not know. And so it's a little bit different to track band students, maybe from other districts where you can kind of count on having people as opposed to like a random move or something like that. You know, it's some kids come in and they're like, I might be moving or, you know, I had um, several students in my fall concert band. I mean, one was in the Middle East last year. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's crazy to me, you know, and he's a great kid. And one was in England. I mean, they're from like, they're from all over and they kind of come in as a little adults. Okay. Yeah. Because they've been everywhere and they're used to change. There's not this, I'm the new kid or anything like that. They just come in and do it. But I can easily tell that they've had a lot different band experiences than what we have here sure, in sure. our country, or at least the state of Illinois. No, I, it's like structured. I have a question. Things. A couple of years ago, we spoke about your instrumentation and your numbers in your top group and how that is a little different based on the kids moving in and out, like having a little bit bigger symphonic band. So could you, you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I try to 
double up, or maybe a little bit more than what some people huh. would do, just because kind of, you know, different situations like that. You know, a lot of times um, parents are gone overseas. Um, the kids don't talk about it much, but a lot of times, like if they have a parent that comes back and those kids take a week off or they go on a vacation suddenly because they haven't seen their parent in a year or six mm. months or different things like that. So we do have a handful of kids where their parents are, they're away. And I mean, away, away. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I, I feel really proud of with the O'Fallon Band program, that it's a place for them to be themselves and and hopefully through all of that, they just have really great experiences that they can attach themselves to and have another family when their when their family is is split. Yeah, yeah. yeah during that time, it's tough. I, I'd like to talk more about the mechanics of that because that's something I'm really interested in. We our top group is a larger group. It's 75. I'll get the notices. Uh, sign this. I'm going on vacation for two weeks starting tomorrow. I just mm-hmm. found out about it. Yes, you know things yeah, yeah. like that. And, you know, so we've had instances of solo parts missing, certain parts missing. And even, you know, you said you're an oboe player. Mm -hmm. You know, we had instances of like, okay, here's our double read section now is all of a sudden gone. Have you ever had instances like that? And, and, you know, besides kind of doing the bigger group, was there any other um, things that you had to do to to help adjust that situation or, or... Yeah, I've got a a couple things. Um, We played the National Festival in, I guess, 2016. I think it was a couple, you know, a few years ago. (laughs) And since that was, it it took a while to prepare all that. You have to do like a 40, 45 minute program, which is a lot to even think about, like just rehearsing. You know, usually for us, it's like, oh, just get 20 minutes. And so that's kind of what your your cycle is almost. So it's double that. And then kind of keeping them going and all of that. So what I did, which looking back was a lot to do, but I kind of did buffers. Like almost every kid had two parts. So I'd be like, here's your primary part, but if we need you on this other part, then you have this other part. So I did that, especially like with trumpets, you know, because there's like cornet one, two, three, trumpet one, two. You know, my bassoon one would be on bassoon one, but bassoon two would have bassoon one, bassoon two. Okay. You know, so I just made sure that everybody was doubled or had another part that if that person was automatically missing they just flipped the part and then learned it and that was their job especially solo parts and different things where it was just so it's like a going to see a play playing the role of the principal bassoon tonight will be kid yeah. b you know kind of stepping yeah. into that yeah like the understudy the understudy okay. yeah. yeah i had understudies for everybody okay. for that whole thing and it was a lot to like think i had to like roadmap like okay this person has this part but they need to cover this part and it was like mm. And then obviously you, you know, I don't always just keep the first person on first, you know? So it was like then rotating within all of that. And then thinking, okay, this kid would be best on this part as the lead of this. It was, yeah, it's like musical theater for each piece. But that's what I did for that. Sure. But I have have instances of, you know, hey, this kid's not going to be at this performance last minute. We had it a couple, well, maybe two or three years ago, right before Super State. My top bassoon was amazing, got sick. So... He and his parents said he's not coming, and it was that morning. And so the second bassoonist, who actually then told me that day she was moving to England, oh, luckily no. after the Super State day, but I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening today? But she learned that part, and then I flipped another part and put it right in a berry sacks. Okay, on that for that day. Yeah, and you just you know what I mean you just do what you have to do, you know. And your kids are flexible, and I work with them, and away we went. Yeah, and and I'm sure yeah. you train them well with good musicianship that they're able to respond to that quickly yeah you know, i mean we so. just have to you know 
Yeah, we're, I always say I go found. I'm like, we're doing it. <laughs> I, and I think someone made me a T-shirt. It's you know after like this huge marching band season thing we did. I'm always like, we're doing all the things. You know what I mean? We're doing them all, all the time. I mean, and that's what I always yeah. kind of tell the kids. It's like all we can do is our best sure. at that moment in time. And if we know that we have done what I would call all the things, yeah, then then we're good. No matter what the the outcome of someone else thinks it needs to be. Sure. What are all, what are all the things? What are all the programs and, and ensembles you have going? Um, all of our things would be uh, starting in the fall. We have two fall indoor bands. So when you see the marching Panthers, the marching band, it's not everybody out there. Okay. Um, it is a class, but people choose to be in that. But um, if students want to be in the upper band, they are in the marching band. That is kind of tied. So my top leaders and the people that are we'll call highly invested students are in the, those top two groups. Um, if they're interested in being a section leader, vice versa, they have to be in the top band as well. And they all have to be in lessons. So that's kind of like a little tie with that concert band program and that marching band program. So we have that. We also have a guitar class. So, and I taught that this year. Do I play guitar? The answer is no. How did but that I'm, go? It went okay. <laughs> okay. They were kind of jamming. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this is a director that was there last year, did it. And I opted to kind of switch the schedule around. And so I cut my nails off. That's one little thing I used to do for myself. <laughs> you know, as a band director in the fall, it's like, oh, at least I've got that going. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and I took them through some books and they took off. And I had one band student in there. One of my extraordinary flute players was in there. But everybody else was just, you know, some people were super into guitar and they wanted to learn. But um, yeah, we just learned rock tunes. Yeah, so this so, is getting much cooler by yeah, the minute. No, no, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so I uh, I taught that class, and then we also have an AP music theory class, okay. and um, Philip Carter taught that. So I've been, and I've been teaching that, and I thought, you know, he just was teaching that at Huntley, and is super into that. And I thought, I let me try the guitar thing. That might be something that will just kind of refreshing for me, and mm-hmm. something new to learn. So that's what we did. Um, so that's kind of what happens in the okay. fall. We also assist with choir. So I'm also in freshman choir as well. Wow. With all those students. Yeah, I'm not the lead teacher, but I do run sectionals and help with paperwork and management. It's like 60, 65 freshmen in that choir. So I assist that in the mornings. Wow, with everything. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Right? right? Now, just... No, we're going to, let's keep going. All right. Right. And then, because I'm thinking, wow, and then we go into winter and there's. And then I was basketball... the marching band. We do that. And mar- oh, and the marching band on the side. Um, yes. And then you go into winter and obviously you guys do pet band. We do pet band. Now, do you guys have a jazz program? We do. And we do. And I've actually been doing it, but um, Philip Carter has a jazz degree. So I'm like, that seems to be better. But I've been doing, I've taught jazz band for years. Okay. You know, so I've just been like, work. what I would call workshopped. Yes. Meaning like, you know, I mean, if I play in a jazz band uh, one time, you know, so. You figured it out though. Yeah, you, right. You figured it out. Right, right, right. Um, but we have an early bird class. Okay. Um, which is great. Um, it's the top band and that way we can kind of capture them every day. Okay. It is early to play jazz, but they do come. <laughs> so, and they enjoy that. We have another jazz band that's outside the school day. And then we have a combo, kind of when we need them. So it's our top, top kids. I meet with them a couple times and we'll go out and kind of play an event, mm-hmm. you know, off of lead sheets or whatnot. So that's that. Um, we have four concert bands. We have one that's a full freshman band. We do have about four or five freshmen that, that have auditioned up for the top band. And then we have um, three ability-based bands at the other campus. Okay. So, and they're all uh, approximately like 50 students in each, something like that. And um, on top of that, we have, you know, like musical pit. I do that. Okay. 
So that's kind of a lot when that starts kicking in. We have um, an interesting talent show that we call February Frolics. It's a music department fundraiser. That's um, it's kind of like America's Got Talent. So it's interesting what auditions. There's usually like 50 acts that audition, and sometimes they're super talented to, I don't know, kind of interesting. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> I mean, from magic tricks to rapping to dancing to. And how long have you guys done that for several years? I think years? we've done it for a while. Yeah. And then, and then on top of all the things, we have to coach these groups. So sometimes I'm coaching rock bands that I'm like, I am classically trained. <laughs> And not qualified to do this, but we do it. And the kids get super into it. It's like a big hype. And so we do that. Um, and then on top of that, um, we have three winter guards. Okay. Um, the top one is very competitive. They're right now in Scholastic A, probably could be an open eventually. And then we have a JV, which I think is also in Scholastic A or maybe Regional A. And then we have a junior high uh, group, which is about 45 students in that. So I'm not teaching that, but I am obviously with the color guard people and overseeing management of that and all the things we also have a huge private lesson program as well where we have teachers that come in after school and they're kind of individually contracted they have to have a separate insurance policy and all these paperwork things for the school but they come in and teach lessons in all of our practice rooms okay now do the students take care of the cost for that they do okay they do yeah and not everybody takes from those teachers but most of them do sure yeah and we've got teachers that have like, you know, like DMAs in their instruments to people with masters to people. I mean, it's kind of a mix. Sure, sure. But um, and then some we have some retired Air Force people because they are around and they come in and do lessons. And then the interesting thing tie off of that is a lot of our high school students go and teach our junior high students. And but um, we don't do that on our campus for insurance purposes. They actually go to the junior high. And they have lessons and serve as lesson teachers for those students that may at, at this point not want an adult teacher. Okay. So like a lot of the beginners, sixth graders, different sure, things sure. like that. But um, it's a great experience for our high school students and they make a tiny bit of money and it's a good tie in between the programs. It's kind of like their that. big buddy. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 It's super cool. So, so let's say it's a, it's a crazy day. It's maybe we're getting to the end of marching band season and something else is starting up. You know, are you a person that like creates goals for the ensemble daily, weekly? Um, are you are you a big lesson planner with that? Like, how how might you go through that day with just a a huge schedule like that? Um, well, we can kind of talk about twofold for me to, I guess, manage my day. I first think about, and I maybe leave the the day before of like, okay, there's three things that like paperwork have to get done. Hmm. Um, we do have this early bird jazz band right now. <laughs> And I'm not the lead teacher, but I'm there with him. And so I have to think, okay, what time do I really need to get there before that class starts to get some of these things done before anybody gets here to, and asks me a question <laughs> or walks in to see me, you know? So I kind of manage it that way a little bit. And obviously kind of maybe what was happening the night before, if we have a booster meeting, it was late. Am I a little bit slower getting up the next day and getting there? I am. Um, unless it's something of sense of urgency. So I kind of plan it that way. Um, one thing I'm trying to do better is I get sucked into email so anytime I, I look at my computer, if I'm like getting something, I'm like, oh, there it is. And I need to just probably just shut that down because I get in there and I forget what I'm what I'm doing. I'm like, even if I'm like getting a score, oh, there's the email, you know, and I I get stressed out if I'm behind in that. But I, I need to know that I just, I can't always like quickly respond to everybody that I've got to, whatever's happening in the class is what I need to do right then and there. Sure. So that's something I'm still like working through. 
you know, it's almost like the chicken and the egg thing with management. Because if you don't do the management stuff, you can sound great, but you're not going anywhere. You're not getting on a bus. You may not have music. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I feel like, I feel like that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, which comes first or whatever. So that's, it's trying. Okay. It is. And I think it is for everybody. You know what I mean? We go to these workshops on score studying this and I'm like, oh yes. And then, but it's like, if you don't do the management stuff, even a little bit or well, yeah. it doesn't matter. It'll, you know what I mean? You won't be able to do all the other things that you need to do. Uh, but on a daily basis, I do a little score study every day. I wish I had like hours where I could just like suck myself into it. It just doesn't work out that way. But I actually do a kind of a schedule like Dr. Steele had. Yes. Um, I don't do it in depth um, as maybe what he does. Because I think he did like a math matrix with like the time, the length of the piece and the difficulty. I really just do it by measures. And then I kind of look at it. So I think okay, how many rehearsals do I have until the performance? And then I give myself about a week and a half buffer. And then I count the number of measures in the piece and divide by the number of those days of rehearsal. But I do look, hey, is this going to be a shortened day? Is this a double day for us? Or is this a half day? And then I really think, how many measures do I have to get done every day? And then I look at kind of where equalized phrasing is um, and see, does that like make sense for us? And then are those sectionals day when I have more teachers where I could like, if the woodwinds are playing in the brass or not, that I could split that up. I kind of look at that. Okay. And so that way, when I get to school, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? It's there. And then I just have to dive into that instead okay. of like macro. I can just look at that and then I listen to it and then make the plan within that, mm-hmm. which that's a little bit easier to manage on a daily basis. Then you get there and you're like, oh, what, where are we at? Now, do you uh, do you plan on that level for all of your ensembles? Me too. Okay. Good. We do for all of them. And we pass it out for them too. Okay. So like for my freshmen, because they're kind of young at doing that, I even put like, hey, I'm today I'm listening to you. We're going to do a little whip around. Four measures. Play, play, play. Um, I also make little handouts for them because my dissertation was in CMP. So I'm into comprehensive musicianship. So it's learning all about the music instead of like, I can just play my third part on this one piece that sure. I may not be able to transfer. And there are questions about like, just, you know, what they see. What is the time signature? Why does this title match this piece? Why does the song end like this? Why should we phrase it this way? What does this term mean? Why? Different things like that. It's not always they're just kind of short things, but it gives them just something more to think about the piece when they're playing it. And then we kind of do a little bit of discussion on it too. And I do those for each piece. So it's a little bit to grade. Um, in the past, I've made those really long and then they're sitting on my desk forever, which is not great. So I've kind of reworked how I do that where they're still, they're still assessed and they're still able to, you know what I mean? Kind of do all the things, but I used to have it set up and kind of in the three kind of learning areas where they'd be like, all right, what is cognitive knowledge? What are they seeing on the page? What is like some musical thoughts? Um, and then the middle part was like psychomotor skills, like evaluating themselves every day. Did they do all right? Did they follow instructions? How do you think that your friends did? How'd the ensemble do? And they would kind of write little notes down on themselves. And then the end would be effective. Like, what did the music mean to you? Like, why is, like I said, why is the title this? What is the composer thinking? What's his or her intent? And those kind of things, they would turn them in like weekly. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with it. So I'm kind of doing the same thing, but I've just kind of reworked it. Sure. Where they're still kind of getting that information. And it's kind of an additional assessment too. All right. So I know that they're paying attention. For the freshman, I said, keep it on your page. I said, keep it on your stand. Like, write the answers and we're Mm -hmm. doing it as you hear things. Um, For the top ensemble, we're doing um, 
variations on a theme by Paganini. I'm super into the chamber ensemble thing this year and independent playing. So I just kind of made them a big chart that says like theme and variation one, two, three, four. And they're just going to fill in as they hear stuff. How fast is this variation? Who does it feature? What are the rhythms? What is the, the, you know, like how is the theme turned around? What are things that you notice? And they're just going to fill it in as they listen. And that way then they're aware okay, this variation is this. If I say variation 11, they know exactly where to go as opposed to just kind of finding it. Oh yeah, that's the this or the percussion variation is this. or So I try to think of ways that they're actually like learning the music as opposed to just that yeah. like face value. Yeah. And you, you spoke of assessment. What do you do regarding um, assessing your kids' uh, mastery of playing the parts? Do you guys do playing tests or recordings? We do, and I've done all sorts of different things, and I wish I could find out the magic way. You know, there's obviously a million workshops Mm. on that too. You know, have I recorded kids and listened to them before? Yes, I've done that. Um, Have we done some playing tests and sectionals? Yes. You know, one thing that I've, um, and I kind of do this just for my top group, creates like what I would call sense of urgency, because that's how I I live Mm. my life, and they know that, right? (laughs) Sense of urgency is um, that day I'll post, hey, this is what I'm listening to you on. So they don't know until they get to school that day. And they come like, oh my gosh, it's measure, blah, 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 blah. And you walk in, everybody's like, like a college ensemble, like just right. rehearsing. And then I embed um, those assessments right in, right in the rehearsal. Like okay. I'm rehearsing those sections. I'm like, all right, flutes, here we go. And then I just do it right in there. So that's kind of neat that it creates like, oh my gosh, we've got it. And it's just like small little sections. Um, and freshman, you know, last week, I said, hey, today's the day. And I just had them each play just quickly, like just a couple of measures mm. within a sectional. Yeah. But I had to give them the speech on everyone needs to be comfortable. We're not, you know, we all need to be able to play. We know this is mm. nerve wracking and, and make it a, a nice environment, which they should learn to do anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, I think, I wish we didn't have to assess. You know what I mean? But mm. I know that we do. And obviously, are we assessing every moment, every rep? We are. Right. Um, but obviously we need student accountability and them to know that we are counting on them. No pun intended there, you know, but yeah, I think that's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me with marching band. We have that as a class. And when I have to like grade all those people in different, that's, I don't have the answer for that. Don't ask me that question. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, uh, speaking of marching band, you guys had a pretty spectacular year. We did a standout year. We did have a standout year. And watching a video clip I saw of you on flow marching, uh, I think it was following your guys' prelims or something. You met the kids out in the parking lot. Yes, it was right after semifinals. You had the right. flow people. I think the flow people loved us because we were so different. Mm-hmm. So, which was, it was super fun. Like, they just kind of followed us around everywhere. So, they were like my buddies. Um, yeah, but right when we got done, so we were out of the tunnel and they're like, can we just follow you? And of course, it, it was, I for us, it was definitely like the best performance. Like everything worked. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of what we call bells and whistles out there. And sometimes they all worked and sometimes they didn't. It was a lot of what we call moving parts. Well, even uh, if you can talk about Illinois State oh. versus what you had to go through there and all the bands did versus what you were able to do then at finals. For you. Right, right. Yeah, if you go back to um, ISU, obviously that was like one of the windiest days ever. Um, with obviously right before we went out, they were like the no props because everything was like just moving and we had band parents on the field and just the listening environment was whipping around. I mean, it was just virtually impossible really for all the bands. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of amazing that everybody persevered through that day. Um, and then when finals came, even when we went and we were, you know, towards the end, I think we performed in 36 degree weather, Mm -hmm. even though we had all the things out, but like, it's, I mean, you can't really function like that, Mm -hmm. you know? So, 
um, going from all of that to obviously the indoor environment at the very, very end was just, it was great. It was great. But obviously all the stuff we did was a tall order. You know, we have amazing designers that have these grandeur ideas that I never say no to. I don't okay. know why. Um, but I believe in them. Okay. And I think they believe in us as well. And um, they're super artistic. Um, I am a risk taker. And sometimes to fault. But sometimes not. But you said that to your kids in that flow marching video. I did. And that was very inspiring to me, actually. And just that whole speech to them. I was just like, oh, what it was just. If, and if people haven't seen it, they should uh, get on Flow Marching and watch that little video. It's 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 just so. It's like brings tears to my eyes because your kids are so emotional, and it was it's just so inspiring. But um, and maybe you could speak a little bit to um, what your show was and what was so such a big deal about how well you guys did this year because it was a yeah. big year for you. Yeah, and it was basically kind of like a two year build. You know, um, our looking back, our designers. Um, there, there's amazing people and they're amazing band people too, um, in this pageantry thing. And one of them just felt like, gosh, why can't we just have like a blank slate for everybody to perform on? Why do we have to perform on a football field with those lines and those sports things and that Colts helmet and all the thing? Why can't it just be art? I'm going really to quote you on sports things. <laughs> sports things. Sports things. Well, you know, when, when you, you, you sign up for Grand Nationals, do all the things. When you get the all the, the pamphlets, they will give you the dimensions of the Colts helmet. Mm-hmm. All the things. So you kind of know where to put your props and all the things or something. So he's just like, it just needs to be just art and all of that. And so I'm like, okay, let's let's give it a shot. So it's kind of two years in the making. Um, but all that being said, um, when we started this this tarp endeavor we talked to the kids about we will be very different and some people will think that we will be marching band and some people will not so we did a lot of talking about actually diversity and being individuals and and it's okay to be different and it's good to be different and it's good to be unique and it's good to take risks because if you don't put it out there or try you will never know what you're what you could ever be or be for others and so and obviously this, this is like, you know, part two this year, cause now we had all the polls and the visual and all the things. Um, so it was more risk. Cause obviously last year I looked back on that the previous year and gosh, how easy we just rolled out a tarp. But mm-hmm. now we had 23 polls with students working them that were not band students. All those had pulleys and had to pull out at a certain time and go up and down and this and that. And it was just tons of moving parts. And we had all these trombone stands and guard equipment and, everything and so it was it was a leap of faith doing it Mm. and it was a lot it was a lot to do um and so and interesting enough this was like the smallest found band we've ever had i switched kids on all sorts of instruments i mean my top clarinet player was on a trumpet yeah interesting i mean this is the band and we just went for it okay you know because i thought you know what we're gonna go for it and and the show just ended up just being captivating and everybody just loved it, and it was beautiful. But it, it was a lot of hard work behind the scenes. And I'm just proud that those kids didn't give up and believed in it and believed in my instruction and my leadership with them. And um, and we did it. And, we and you guys it made finals. And we made finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I sent you that clip of when our name was called out. I mean, there's nothing better than that. You know, it's like, it's just, it's that little split second of like, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I mean, I'm on the BOA advisory committee and we had our big meeting last Sunday and we, you know, I, I even mentioned the first time we made semifinals, like just, just that accomplishment Mm -hmm. to be a semifinalist. I mean, that's huge as well. Right. 
You know, it's it's a lot to get to that level. And so to be a finalist, um, that's something I dream for the program. I think they're always wanting that that third time around. They just adore all those bands that are at that level. And did I ever think that would be for O'Fallon? I'm not sure. But I think we were just unique enough that we had something very different and memorable to offer and obviously performed at a high level that I think it was just captivating. And I think, you know, a lot of those evaluators just really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was, but it was a risk. You know, some people like, like, well, you don't look typical. You're not roll stepping all the time and you're dancing from here to there. And yeah, we are, but it's art. I think it's what's cool about what we did is like, it's all the arts. There's theater, there's dance, there's visual things. There's, there's music. We kind of did all of it. So, and now the challenge is to yeah. design a show for next year. Yeah, I know. To top Yeah, that. I don't know what we're doing. Because that was pretty special. It was pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. The tarps are still for sale. <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow at my session. When you guys rolled out your tarps and it said tarps for sale on the folded before yes. they full unfolded them, that was <clears throat> amazing. That was wonderful. Yeah, we'll say it was amazing because I didn't know it was going to happen. So I love my band parents. And if you go on Flow Marching, you'll see I'm... Um, I they pulled, have a team. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a team and it's kind of like the cool kids club. Okay. Like those are like the, the cool parents that like, and they... They grill and bond and have secret meetings. I don't know what they do behind the scenes. I mean, they're always somewhere. Like, what are you guys doing? What are you up to? They're a little sneaky, but they're great. Um, but I saw like the head guy was right there when Flo Marching grabbed me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Mr. Peters, you need to come over here. And, you know, because without him, we would have, we would never be. Yeah. And he's incredible. And it's just, I mean, I, I can't speak. I can't even like talk about him. He's just amazing. One of the most amazing people you'll ever meet. And just, just, like, yep, we'll make it happen. Yep, we'll do this and, and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, just just amazing. You know, it took a whole team to do all that. And um, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen that video, you should check it out. It's like the power of like uh, yeah, band I parents. I can link it in the um, description for the episode. Yeah, it's cool. Too. He talks so about like all the things. Band. And now I said no to props at one time. And now we're doing all the things or whatnot. <laughs> but. Now, do you guys, you live in the school district you teach in, correct? We just moved. Into it or Into out it. of it. Okay, so your daughter will yes. come through this program. Yes, but I may not be her director because I'm an old old mother. <laughs> <laughs> but you might be. But I may but be. Cool but I might be like that crazy band parent. Who knows? You know what I mean? Right. In the stands. That's why I always warn my assistant director. <laughs> so or I'll be his booster president. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's hard to tell. Like, where will life will take you? Yeah, because she's just three, and I'm probably seven, eight years out. Something like that. Yeah. Switching gears, who were some musical mentors or educational mentors that you had and still have? Um, I would think, you know, looking back, even when I I grew up in um, Little Monmouth, Illinois, um, they didn't have much of a music program. Obviously, um, Joy Boostrom, I actually saw her today. I was in her very first band and she just retired just a couple years ago. Um, She was great and motivating being a first year teacher. And then I had a great high school um, teacher as well. And interesting enough, he was really cared for everybody um, as a student and as an individual. But I we didn't do all the different things. And I think that's maybe why I'm sometimes like over the top with O'Fallon because I didn't have all the different things. We just didn't have those opportunities and I'm not exactly sure why. I know when I was in the band, I was... I knew there was other things, but I didn't know what they were. Uh, we didn't do ILMEA. We didn't do solo and ensemble contests. We sort of had a marching band and... But I knew there was bigger and better things. And that's why I wanted to go to ISU and be in a big marching band and and a bigger program. Um, I will say Steve Steele has had a huge impact, I think, on everybody probably around me in my class. Um, got just a great rehearsal technician. Um, so detailed, great ear, precise. 
Um, I think all of us got our great conducting skills from him. Um, super high expectation. Um, I, I probably not even putting that enough into words in regards to kind of never good enough. You know, and sometimes I live by that, the good and bad of that. I think maybe all, a lot of band people do. Um, it, it, I mean, that expectation level for him was just at the highest, you know, and I know when I sat down in that, that oboe chair, which is always a little daunting, um, I tried to be the best I could for myself, but definitely for him all the time. And interesting enough, and I don't know how, you know, how Rachel, you feel about it, you know, now kind of flipping. I know mm. you still play and I play as well. But when I was sitting in his bands, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to be great and it's my responsibility and blah, blah, blah. But as the conductor, if my students don't play well, I'm like, what did I not tell yes. them? And I never thought it'd be that way. I thought, gosh, once I'm the conductor, <laughs> so much easier, <laughs> you know, but obviously as an oboe player, it's just. It's a, That's a lot of pressure. It's, it, it is. I was always like, oh, oh gosh, I'm like sweating. You know, well, and Rachel, I don't have a good read. You play horn. Yeah. I was a right? horn player. This right, is an expensive same... table there. <laughs> <laughs> Very expensive. But I, you're exactly right because I think one time I played something in particular and Dr. Steele kind of smiled a little bit after it was obviously just me playing. And, and that was, I mean, that was the one compliment I got from him. But it meant everything to me. I thought, well, Steve Steele has smiled at me, all the rest of you, so I'm the owner yeah. of this now. Yeah, you know, a so. high standard. I remember yes. at the end of the concert, especially when I was in Symphonic Winds, um, there was always just a multitude of oboe souls all the time, and I'd always kind of be backstage and wait for him to come and talk to me, and he'd oh. always just come and like give me the biggest hug and say how proud he was of me, and it was just all those little moments. I was just, it was near and dear. Mm. Um just he because, definitely took you under his wing, I feel. Yeah, he did. And he mm. still does. I still mm. communicate with him. He's come out to my band program several times. And um, just it's it, uh, he's just so detailed in rehearsal. Um, I think Rachel and I, have, and of course I'm going to speak for you for a second, have learned to be really efficient, I think, Absolutely. through um, what he taught us, and especially in the conducting class that we have. I mean, he was really adamant on like not wasting a second. And he would talk about that. Like we would videotape ourselves, and he would say – Oh, there's 30 seconds right there. And if you add that up in all those rehearsals and then in that, that that's, that's like an hour. You know what I mean? He would like add that up. That's an hour in your cycle. So you missed a rehearsal. But he would really... He kinda, really drilled that into us. He did. Yes. He did. So I think that's why I do those lesson plans like he does. And I'm really thinking about like pacing all the time and how can I get like just, you know, like management information to the students along with, okay, we got to get a warm up. We got to do this and we got to do this and... Always just kind of cognizant of that. That's something he really kind of ingrained in us as we were going through his program at the time. But I would say he's one of the major, major influences that I've had. And I've, and I've had great oboe teachers along the way and different things like that. But I think from the band actor standpoint, he definitely put like a, a stamp on me. You and know, you might not realize things. this, but as an observer, I find your programming very similar taste to the programs we played in college in that it was a, it's an excellent balance of classics <laughs> new literature, um, a just really nice balanced repertoire of, and I think that was a good model from what you experienced. Yeah. And I think he also emphasized with us what is good and quality literature, Mm -hmm. which that's another workshop as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, he was really adamant and, and really particular on, which won't get into particulars of that composers, arrangers, different things. So I do have that lens when I'm Mm -hmm. looking at literature. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm more to play like the old standard as opposed to, I'm going to chance it on this piece. I'm not exactly sure. 
you know, but I probably need to be more open to that. But I think that's just kind of how I grew up per se. Yeah. What's an old standard that you maybe have gone back to a couple of times? Well, the whole squeeze, I kind of try to do a rotation. So in the fall, we actually run the top band um, a little bit sporadically. I wish I was, you know, a little more organized with that, but marching band kind of makes it shift. But I do run that band kind of outside the school day a little bit. I always do some standard grade for like a Vaughn Williams or a Holst or some Granger or something like that. And then some lyrical piece that's kind of stood the test of time. And then maybe a march. We kind of just... You know what I mean? More standards um, during that time. And then we perform a concert with uh, Mark Donahue's group, District 90, either at the end of October, if everything's going okay, or this past year in November, because we were doing like the leap of faith with everything. But yeah, so I kind of start there. I kind of start with those standards and I kind of do a rotation of those. Because I think all the kids that go through the program in some capacity should have experience on one or two of those pieces if they're that level of playing. So it's like their diet. (laughs) Yeah, musical diet. At the beginning of this interview, you mentioned that one of your positions, you had some issues because of your gender. Was that something that you anticipated as as happening? Um, I think initially, like going through, um, and to make sure maybe we can both kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, I'm a tiny human. And I have always been, I have not, I've just been the same, I've been the same forever. And I, you know, maybe don't look the part, whatever that means, which I don't think that means as much now, but I fought for jobs. I mean, initially the first position I had in normal, I got very easily. It was great, but I think they knew me from ISU and it was like hometown girl type of deal and, and all of that. But then I, I really wanted to be up North. I really did. And I just, I knew there were great programs up there and resources and it was you know, and it was invigorating and ever changing and all the things. And I just, I couldn't get in the door. Um, and some of it was maybe, you know, I heard a little bit, you're not from here, you're not this, but I did take a few interviews where people asked me about classroom management, you know, and they mentioned, Hey, you're kind of small. How do you, how do you do that? You know, and then, and those positions, it happened a couple of times and I just called him back and said, Hey, just, I don't think I'm the person for you. Cause I don't want to walk in there if they're already second guessing me just because of how I look and not what I could offer them, you know? So I've, I think I've had to fight that a little bit. Um, now I think it's, it's a little bit nice cause I think, and I've kind of mentioned this to my colleagues, but I'm, I'm a little more recognizable, I guess. So, um, now I don't have to deal I, or maybe think about it as much. But initially, yes, it was, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, gosh, what do I need to do? Well, and it was a little bit of a shock too, I think, because going through ISU, I never felt that way as like that it was going to be a problem. I did not either. Be- and, and you were in a leadership position Correct. all the way through. As, Correct. Um, yes. She was the drum major um, at ISU all five years. Right? Correct. And were you a drum major at high school too, right? I was, yeah. Oh, wait, I just had a flashback of a story did they or did they not put a big banner at your town when you when they picked you as the drum major? I remember. I think say, so. Yeah, that's they so put cute. it up on this little thing where I worked, like the marquee, like when yes. you when they picked you as the drum like major. A little truck stop. Yeah, I now look back. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did that. Yes, but I thought, I thought, yeah. oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Her that hometown was, was, was like, so excited ISU that she was going to be the the ISU freshman drum major. But so <clears> she was in a yeah. a leadership position all the way through, and we always saw you as a leader because you're very strong and in all of our conducting classes, we had actually several strong women students come through in that we time did. period. And we did. Um, several strong studio instructors that were correct female. So it almost was a shock to go out to interviews, I felt, 
or even when I was student teaching, um, have people sort of refer to yes. the girl thing, you know, refer to me as, well, a girl, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was well, like, wait, well, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, we had that today a little bit. We did have that today. We had it today. We're in it. Well, okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, we were just in a situation where somebody, an elderly person who was very sweet, was like, oh, a, a woman band director. And mm-hmm. it was not meant insulting. He seemed genuinely kind of surprised and was sweet about it. But it's been a while since I've heard yeah. that actually since. I had it at Superstate one year. I think it was maybe the first year we made it. And it's all like gentlemen up there and then myself. And they're like, a girl. When someone <laughs> shook my hand. It was so funny. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, just me. Girls it's so funny. Too. Yeah, but I but I hope that both of us, all the different things that we have done and gone through, we're kind of paving the way a little bit. And I kind of tell that to, you know, younger females that are coming through. Cause sometimes I'm, you know, they are like, Well, why don't you go with Melissa to student teach? And so you can see have that female role model, which is fine either way, you know. But um I'm hoping that they don't have to deal with that as much. Right. They're but, just people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's been a little bit, but not as much anymore. I think it kind of makes us unique, I would say now, mm-hmm. whereas before it was, it was a little bit of a thing. But I think for even some people today, I mean, we, we heard it today. I mean, on accident. I yeah. think it was, it, was, it, was, it was on accident, but it was... It was cute, but it was, it was very genuine. Sad, you know. It was very genuine, the yeah. reaction from the person. But I think it was, yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's still out there a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, work-life balance was something when when we originally scheduled this uh, a year and a half ago, and then my computer fried. I remember you bringing up that you'd like to talk about work-life balance, and that was something at that point that you were yes. getting into. So, what uh, um, me as the father of soon-to-be five children and all this stuff, like, I mean, honestly, always looking for like how do I not fail my band program and how do I not fail my family? And I know it sounds super dark and it's not meant to be. No, but like, I, what? I get it. I mean, I'm missing my, my child right now. And I'm, um, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm an older mother. I have a daughter that's three and a half. Um, I've been teaching 25 years, so you can probably do the math on where I'm at in life. Um, but one thing that I will say that's, that has been helpful is my husband is also a musician. Okay. So that's who I'm married to, which is, you know, it works great, which I'm sure people, some people would say it does not, but it does. So at least he, he was a band director in his former years. Um, he's now more, um, drill writer, music arranger, that kind of thing, adjudicator. But, um, he understands the rigor of what I'm about and what my passion is and, and all of that. And when we decided to have a family, we knew I'd have to cut back in some things or at least, manage my time differently and, and all of that. Um, but there's many times that I go pick her up and she comes right to the band room and she sits in there with everybody and the staff and, and she's there. And at least we're together. I may be in a rehearsal, like prepping marching band or something, but she's, she's right there with me. And, um, that's just something I've kind of had to work through. I've had a great support system. Um, when it's what I would call band busy, meaning multiple days or overnights, um, my parents and my mother will come down from Monmouth, Illinois and stay with her. Um, I'm also lucky to have my in-laws just in the next town. Um, my, at this point, my daughter is in preschool, so that does help. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a challenge. You know, I've, I've cut back on my oboe lessons and some different things. And I think along the way, I've actually made smarter decisions for the program. 
as opposed to, oh, I can just do it. Oh, I can just do it. Oh, I can just do it. And I, in the, in the past, I was not a great delegator because I've thought no one can do it as good as me. No one can, you know, I just need to do it like with the G way and all, all the things <laughs> or whatever, which I'm sure my colleagues have probably still kind of mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I've gotten better at doing that. And, and in that capacity, some other people have had a little more ownership in the program as well. But it's definitely a lot to, it's a lot to manage. Yeah. And do I feel bad when I'm away from her? I do, you know, and then sometimes I'm with them, her, I'm like, oh my God, I need to check an email or, or there's people calling me, you know, like the winter guard needs this or this. I mean, it's, it's ongoing, mm. but my husband is, is a really great support system and kind of shares in the balance of things. And, um, it's possible. I did an interview with BOA about a year or so ago. I think we were at Grand Nationals. It was kind of like women in the field and how do you do it? And I just, I guess, shout out to anybody wanting to have a family is like, it's possible, but you do have to have a great support system. You've mm. got to have people near you that understand that music is your passion and it is a career and it's part of your life and it's part of who you are. And, They've got to, you know, be supportive of that. And if you have that, it is possible to do what you love and then also be a great family member or a parent. But um, it's an interesting juggling thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping to bring, her name is Evelyn, along with um. That's with my us. daughter's name. Is my, it? My first daughter. Yeah. No, oh, that's so well, No, we misspelled it. We put two N's at the end of it to, oh. to be special. Yeah. She's Evelyn Rose. So here's a fun story. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but... You know, we were trying to have a family for, for quite a while and it finally did happen and I didn't tell anybody. So if anybody wants to tell me a secret ever, I am like a vault. I'm a human vault. I will not tell a soul. Mm-hmm. But um, we kept it to ourselves and lo and behold, it was the year we made the, the Tournament of Roses Parade. All coincided at the same time. And um, so I talked to my doctors. I was like, uh, and I was a little, I guess, high risk a little bit being older. And I said, I've got this thing that I've got to do. It's a long walk. <laughs> it's a long walk you know and they were like hey Melissa I think you know I think you'll be fine okay. or whatever and it was right you know after the first trimester so we were there and um, if anybody ever does this event they treat band directors like gold there mm. it's like you're like at band prom I mean it's like fabulous <laughs> and you're the queen. it is but it's a lot of work obviously prior to that sure. but you're at the big banquets where they talk great about your program and you and they give you all these grandeur gifts but I got the call from the doctors saying like that we were going to have a girl and everything was fine. And I had that little moment with my husband and we were in this beautiful place overlooking Pasadena. And so her middle name is Rose for the parade. Oh, that's I so know, sweet. I know, because she was she walked the parade with me. So, but it was, it, it and, and my staff was great. If, only a few people knew. I mean, the kids didn't know or anything, but on the back of the O'Fallon banner is like a couple of water bottles for me. They were duct taped there okay. in case I needed them. And I had a couple snacks in my bag, in my coat. Cause I, I'm like, I got to make it. I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just when life coincides and does all the things, but she's, she's named for the parade. Fantastic. <laughs> she was there. I know. So, well, as we close out here, you keep mentioning all the things. What are some future goals that you have for the uh, O'Fallon band program well, we or actu- yourself? Yeah, we actually, um, I have a new assistant director named Philip Carter. And the interesting story about him is I was his band director. He was up at Huntley um, this past year doing great things up there and the job opened and um, he was really interested in coming back home and obviously he knew me and knows me and all the, and we call all the things again and how it all works. And so I'm really great that he's there. And now that I am, I can kind of see the light, whatever that is. And, and the program's in a really good place that we actually sat down and kind of thought, 
What do we want to do with the program? How do we want to grow it? Whether it's kind of growing it horizontally or vertically or what do we want to do? So we kind of sat down and thought, what are some cool things we want to do with this program? And that's one thing I, I think that's great about music is you can kind of see the world through it. Um, kids get to, you know, go to places and play on amazing stages and see things and meet like the most amazing people with what we do. So we kind of sat down and made like a dream list of like, where's some cool places we want to play, who we want to have them play with or conduct with or just learn about or go see, you know, and it's kind of made a dream list. So we'll kind of see where it goes. All right. Yeah. I'll just leave you. Yeah. To to be announced. Yeah. (laughs) But it's an exciting place for us. I'm super proud of the program and the community is supportive. And we have like, like if you watch flow, the best band parents ever that I'm grateful of and just great kids like everybody does. But um, it's been a great journey along the way and I'm excited to see where um, the end of my years at O'Fallon will go and then thereafter. But thanks for taking time with me. Oh, thanks for sitting um, down Because we are the Southern yeah. School and oh, my goodness. so <laughs> all of that. And I'll get to talk to all of you except for maybe, you know, two or three times a year. So this has been great. Well, I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks You're for inspiring. This. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the O'Fallon Township High School Band.